Rumor has it there is a secret base hidden underneath the Archelaus. So have you ever been in a spaceship? Don't try this at home. Secrets of Area 51 Reveal. I'm from Series A, not Series B. Who are you, huh? Yeah, hey, Mama. It's time to open your eyes, open your mind, and shift your paradigm. You're tuned in to another episode of All Night with Living Geeks, a podcast in which we investigate and discuss high strangeness in the weird world in which we live. I'm your host, Taylor, and across from the virtual desk for me tonight is my brother, Seb. Seb, how's it going? Well, I'll tell you, it's going pretty good, but I keep watching the news to see all of the big storms going on down in Southern California. Uh, there's just something so bizarre about associating the two words hurricane and california together in the same sentence it just feels yeah. feels weird feels weird man. yeah definitely not only that they're calling it the hurricane because there was an <laughs> earthquake in ojai oh, yesterday uh while all this was going on i know we we haven't gotten a lot here okay um but today was definitely cooler more overcast kind of humid um it rained on me a little bit at work oh wow um, have you gotten any rain up your way? No, but it was super cloudy up here today. So yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, Hurricane Hillary or now Tropical Well, Ash, just collection of clouds. Hillary has kind of pushed <laughs> its way well into Nevada at this point. But yeah, it is a it's a weird, weird world in which we live. That is for sure. Um, and before we dive into what is new in our weird. Uh, for this month again just want to give a reminder to everyone that once we reach um, our third anniversary which will be um, january into february of 2024 we are going to redesign the show the content's going to be the same but we are changing our name we are uh, changing our artwork we're changing our music um, we're changing it all up so be prepared for that. We'll make sure to give you lots of more uh, reminders. And then uh, once things hit, we'll point you where to go. Uh, John thinks there might even be a way to just change this feed. And so everybody who's already subscribed, stay subscribed. Uh, we're looking into it. So that would be the most ideal way to do things. But if that doesn't work, we will point you in the right direction and beg you to follow us over. I mean, I'm, um, I'm excited. I think it's going to be pretty cool. I am too. Yeah. I am too. I'm I'm talking to a, a friend to kind of do a little bit of a uh, kind of a little bit of an announcer voice. Oh wow! For for our intro, mm -hmm. uh, just because nobody wants to hear my voice doing everything. I kind of <laughs> have that over on Podcastica. All right. So yeah, it's just a matter of lining stuff up and scripting some things out and. Anywho, Very time cool. to talk about what is new in our weird Seb. Yes, it's September. September. Good Lord, I'm I'm 47 this month. Ugh. Wow. What? That's weird, right? 47 of your so-called Earth years. Of my so-called Earth years, that is for true. Uh, <laughs> what is new in your weird man? Well, I got to tell you, the recent congressional UFO hearing got me so excited that I dropped way too much money on a UFO book. It's a good. It, you got to tell us what book. It's a great book. It's called um, UFO Crash Retrievals, The Complete Investigation Status Reports. It's a mouthful. Status Reports 1 through 7, 
1978 to 1994 by Leonard Stringfield, the godfather oh, okay. of the crash retrieval uh, uh, U- uh part of ufoology i guess um yeah it's he self-published these little pamphlets over the course of uh you know the last couple decades of his life and they didn't sell very well but somebody managed to get a full set and basically made it as like a print on demand book on amazon oh neat um it's amazing i'm reading it super slow because i spent so much money on it that i just like don't want it to end right away (laughs) sure you know but um i guess how much money i spent that's not Shipping, uh, including shipping. In, oh, in, you don't have Prime, huh? Uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, uh, uh, $69.95. I have. Wow. I, I don't think I've ever spent that much money on a, well, at least on a UFO book. Um, so. Okay, okay. How many pages are we talking about? Oh, though? it's probably 300 pages. Um, well, it's still like like two bucks a page. <laughs> two bucks a page. I like the way you think. Yeah. So, um, so the weirdness this month for me has been my bank account. Um, yeah, that's fair. But that's fair. Uh, what's new in uh, what's new in your weird? I, you know, I tell you, August has been uh, a little strange. Uh, you know, we we had to uh, say goodbye to Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, which was totally sad um, and brought back a, a lot of great memories because we both grew up watching like Pee Wee's Playhouse and stuff. And he was in the 1987 film Back to the Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, of which we were both fans. Um, there was actually one week later that same year another Hollywood surf film that came out called North Shore. Mm, okay. Um, which I had heard referenced plenty of times. I'd never seen it before, but I finally like spent the three bucks to rent it. Mm. Um, and it, it obviously is much more serious than Back to the Beach. Back to the Beach is very camp, very silly kind of magic realism because peewee basically flies away on a surfboard Mm -hmm. like literally just eats himself out of the movie um but then it's like all it's like 1987 just kept popping up and up and up and up and up um you know obviously the the kids are into teenage mutant ninja turtles i got (coughs) at least to watch the first few episodes of the original 1987 series excellent uh stumbled across a couple other like surf films like actual like you know industry surf films 1987 it's it's it was just like peppered Mm. throughout the month it was really kind of strange um even for stuff that i wasn't necessarily looking for i'd be reading a news article and it would reference something that happened in 1987 i'm like okay this is strange yeah um, the other strange but also cool thing is that um, the the new Kirk's new movie, The Unbinding, yes, had its world premiere in Santa Anta back on the uh, uh, the twelfth. It sounds like it's amazing. Mm. Um, they also just had their Midwest premiere in uh, Cincinnati, I think, last night. Nice. Um, and I have to give big shout outs and thanks, uh, my friend Terry, uh, whose last name is not Rist. <laughs> Um, who lives in Southern California, uh, went to, uh, the premiere on the 12th Mm. and they were, they were handing out like mini posters. Oh, nice. You know, like a 11 by 17 or whatever. And, and I totally got this tube in the mail today and I'm like, I I didn't order anything. What is this? And she grabbed me, uh, an extra poster score and sent it up to me which i I thought was totally awesome and unasked for but hugely appreciated Mm. um and this month september 8th uh it's going to be on many 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 streaming platforms i 
believe to buy or rent. Okay. Um, I don't necessarily know that it's a for free thing, kind of the way that Hellier was. Mm. Um, I could be wrong of that on raw on that. Um, so please forgive me uh, if you get to, I guess, watch it for free instead of having to pay for it. Actually, no, don't forgive me. Thank me. <laughs> That's just crazy talk. Anywho, anywho, very yeah, I'm excited. very, very yes, excited. I'm very excited for that. Yeah. I mean, that'll be that'll be a, a week before my birthday. It'll be my little present to myself. <clears throat> Watching the unbinding. Nice. All right, let's do it as we continue our year. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought we'd actually make it this far. I thought we would have given up by now. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. It's true. It's good, It's though. true. Yeah, no, it's great because we are finding some very mm. strange stories, mm-hmm. and we have got two very strange stories mm-hmm. uh, tonight. Seb, tell me about what you've picked. Well, Tonight, uh, the story I chose, I'm going to call it Whose Line Is It Anyway? And no, I love that show. I love yeah, that show. Yeah, I'm not referring to the um, uh, uh, improv comedy improv, show with the same name. Thank you. Yes. The only, yeah, exactly. The only thing we'll do is we'll be giving each other points throughout the episode, and whoever has the most points at the end of the show wins. Is that how this works? That was such a great show, wasn't it? It was a fantastic show. You know, the only person I can remember from that was Greg Proops. Like, yes. I, I just can't remember any of the other names right now. Uh, Colin Mockery. Colin Mockery. Um, oh, my God. Who's the tall, skinny guy? Ryan something, wasn't it? Ryan Styles. Styles. Ryan That's Styles. right. Yeah. That's right. Right. Yes. Right. Who's Good line job. Is, yes. Whose line is it anyway? This is a story that I first... First of all, I love this story for so many reasons. Um, there's enough meat on the bone, but it's something I've never heard of before. That, as far as I can tell, there's no clickbaity YouTube videos about this um, all over the place. Um, and I'd like to think that in, in the course of our podcast, Taylor, that yes. we've explored a number of very strange phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, things that are really weird and potentially if the solution ever could be found would be a very personal interest to all human beings i mean it, it, it would it would make a difference in our lives to know if our consciousness survives death it would make a difference in our lives if we knew we were not alone in the universe well oh yeah i mean i i still am trying to figure out the reasoning behind why jonathan frakes got on board with reading the sierra sounds <laughs> exactly i mean that that is an that's a question for the ages aside from the mice and the sound of the other's heavy breathing. Why was everything out there so damnably still? Well, this mystery that we're going to talk about tonight and delve into deeply, I posit that it is just as weird as those other things, except I cannot see in any way how this mystery would actually result in any sort of world-changing events. If anything, it would only prove the fact that the universe is a weirdo and i if it's in some ways that makes this mystery a little bit more endearing in my heart do you know what i mean i do um and i i found it in a british uh, paranormal newsletter called annals of the inquiring it's the march slash april 1991 issue volume 2.2 um there's going to be a link to it in the show notes um folks please check this out because one of the things I loved so much about this little newsletter, um, 1991, so it's 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 it was published before the World Wide Web, but at a time when we had really great nostalgic clip art. And this this newsletter is just full of old clip art. And I'm trying to remember, I don't know if it was Claris Works or what the Apple clip art program was. Oh yeah, <clears throat> I think it was. Yeah, you might be right with Claris Works. But I was seeing clip art that was like it was like seeing an old friend for the first time in thirty years. It was. Oh wow. It was really cool. So um, yeah, let me let me just jump on in here. So something is fishy up there. 
hook, line, and spacemen? It was three miles long, and the topic of conversation in the village of Sutton's Hutton Sese, I'm probably mispronouncing that, Hutton Sese, North Yorkshire, shortly before New Year's Eve. What baffled the villagers when they awoke one morning was the enormous length of nylon line neatly laid out throughout their streets. The trail started half a mile away on a lane leading into the tiny hamlet of Thursk. What a great name. What a great Thirsk. name. Thursk. And I I have to say, I just looked at some of that clip art and that issue. It is amazing. Isn't it, right? That is that is worth clicking on and reading <laughs> just for the clip art. Heck yeah. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. no, no, no. Not at all. The single length of nylon stretched into Hutton, winding its way around the narrow streets and ending half a mile beyond. Both the local army camp and North Yorkshire County Council have denied being responsible for the trail, according to the Sunday Express of January 6, 1991. This incident very likely has an earthly solution, but there have been other instances where material likened to nylon fishing line had a decidedly aerial beginning. During the Hmm. 1970s, across the United States, there were a number of recorded events involving strange lines or wires that had been spotted simply hanging in the sky. One at Caldwell, New Jersey in August 19. resulted in the lines eventually falling to earth in a huge pile after remaining suspended for several weeks in spite of high winds and even storms. Oh, that's bizarre. In another case, four boys spent an hour hauling in line that resembled nylon and which had partially dropped to earth during the night. It broke before they could pull the entire line in. Again in Greensburg, Ohio during 1978, a man found a line snagged in a garden bush and started to drag it down. With his neighbor's assistance, the two eventually collected some 1,000 feet of material using fishing reels before the line broke and floated away. So I found this little little article, and I was just like, what? I have never heard of this stuff before. Yeah, this is wild. This is wild. So I started digging into it, and I wanted to see if I could push the story back beyond any sort of accounts in paranormal journals and publications and actually find like a real source article from a a nuts and bolts newspaper Um, okay i I really couldn't find anything online but then i i got to give a big thanks to caitlin from the west caldwell public library for emailing me a scan of a newspaper article from a newspaper called the progress in great name in that part of new jersey uh from august 6 1970 so let's let's see what this newspaper article has to say it says silver thread hangs mysteriously in sky It apparently comes from nowhere and leads to nowhere, and yet it is very much there, a silver thread in the sky. The thread, or wire, or whatever it is, has been suspended over the home of Mr. and Mrs. A.P. Smith, 85 Forest Avenue, Caldwell, since Sunday, and no one has yet solved the mystery of it at all. Not Mrs. Smith, nor her neighbors, nor the Caldwell Police Department, who have sent men out twice to track the wire, but have yet to come up with the beginning and end of it all. Sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. It depends on how the sunlight strikes it. It is no illusion. To many people, including policemen and reporters, have caught sight of it um, to deny its existence. To some, it looks like a strand from a giant cobweb stretching off into the clouds. Mrs. Smith says jokingly, she hopes, that it, <laughs> might, <laughs> that it might be a direct line from the Martians. Someone else said it could be a line dropped from a blimp that was cruising through West Essex skies. It looks rigid as if it was a wire, not a string. It appears silver when the sunlight strikes it. On Monday, it hung about 150 feet above the houses on Forest Avenue and Hillside Avenue. By Tuesday, it seemed limper to Mrs. Smith and other observers, as if one of its ends, wherever 
that is had loosened. It also seemed lower in the sky. The Caldwell police tried to trace it on Monday, found signs of it up hillside and down towards West Caldwell, but lost it in the clouds before tracking down the origins. They looked again on Tuesday with the same nebulous results. The mystery of the silver thread amongst the clouds has yet to be solved. It all looks perfectly innocent and harmless. But where does it come from, and where does it go, and why? Hmm. Oh, man, this is crazy. It's, it's a weird one, right? It's pretty it weird. Is, it is a really weird one. Now, I'm starting to formulate a theory on my in my head, but I want you to, to okay. cover, cover all your material right. before I throw it out there. Now, the last bit of research I was able to do for this story tonight came from two articles published in another paranormal journal called Pursuit Magazine. It was published by the Society for the Investigation of the Unexplained. Um, and this was a, a, a publication or an organization put together by a really famous cryptozoologist named Ivan T. Sanderson. Oh, sure. Um, it's, it's, there's going to be links in the show notes. And Pursuit Magazine, I, I, was very, I was not very familiar with it, but it seems to be of all the paranormal newsletters I've looked at so far this year, the one that's probably like um, the, like the most well written, the most well researched, the most footnoted. You know, it's I mean, it's a real professional class act. You know, nice. Not as not as much clip art. Not as much clip art, though. No. Okay. So these two articles appeared in the January 1971 and July 1972 issue, um, okay. and I'm gonna I'm not gonna read the whole thing, and I'm gonna kind of edit bits from both articles together into a little narrative, just to, for clarity's sake. So late last summer, John A. Keel. John Keel, right? Obviously, yeah. yeah. John Keel informed us that there's been a wire hanging down from the sky over Caldwell, New Jersey for a month, and it's never moved. <laughs> this was a pretty shocking statement. The truth proved to be even worse. Our initial impression, which John Keel shared, was that the wire was hanging vertically, starting about 100 feet off the ground and ending nowhere knew where. No one knew where. So we arranged a visit to Caldwell. There was not just a single wire but half a dozen. Their incidents spread over a period of almost two months. While one report of about the same date from the previous year, 1969, turned up, it, and it wasn't a wire, but in every case some kind of plastic strand that has now been identified by a DuPont person as a material based on type 6 nylon, caprolactam, or perhaps uh, copolymer such as type 6 and type 66 nylon unquote hmm. none of these lines was hanging vertically that's interesting and none was actually hanging they were all stretched taut at angles between 30 and 50 degrees to the ground level neither the upper nor lower ends were ever seen or located even when they finally fell they just came out of the sky from apparently down low at one end and went up overhead and then on up into the sky to a point of invisibility, even when traced with powerful but powerful binoculars. Two of them remained absolutely taut and stationary for up to a month through several bad electrical storms and some other high winds. Eventually, the lower end of these two lines fell down during the night, one in a retired newsman's front lawn and the other among some chairs by a swimming pool. <laughs> The newsman and his wife hauled in a very considerable mass of the stuff before it came down so low that it snagged on some tall trees opposite. That at the pool was hauled in for almost an hour by four youngsters and the two lifeguards until it too snagged on an overhead power line. This lot almost filled a 55-gallon oil drum used as a trash can. What? In both cases, the moment it came down, it raveled up just as if it had been unwound from a spool 
of a diameter of about two inches. The usual reaction to this report is little boys flying kites, but no one can produce a single kite flyer or even someone who has seen a kite in the area. And how do you keep a line taut throughout all sorts of weather without some very sturdy and invisible point of attachment at each end? The police traced one of these lines over a considerable distance and had to report that the line simply went on and on over Montclair at one end and out over a meadow at the other. They never found either end. All of these lines were plotted on a map, but no pattern of any kind was discernible. We also contacted the military, asking them if they knew of this, if they knew of this phenomenon, and if so, whether we might state the fact, or if they did not, we might put that on the record. The reply from William T. Coleman Jr., Colonel, United States Air Force, Chief, Chief Public Information D D Division, was quote. Budgetary considerations preclude a complete scientific analysis of the materials you submitted, unquote. We never asked for any analysis. <laughs> this is sort of in between unexplained. Unlike the Loch Ness Monster and the Abominable Snowman and other persons, we have got the thing. But the how and the why of it remain totally mystifying. The appearance of these skylines would seem to defy a number of basic principles of physics. We then sent a sample to a Dr. Vargas, an analytical chemist at Rhode Island University. He readily confirmed DuPont's identification. But then something even more mysterious happened. These lines had a fine hollow tube running through their length. When Dr. Vargas first examined the specimens, this was empty. But after a time in a vacuum jar, he found to his amazement that this tube was filled with some other solid substance and this defied analysis Ooh, ding ding doo. what crazy right so that is really bizarre because the thing is when i first read the story the picture that i had formed in my mind was like you would go outside and look in the sky and you'd see like a big vertical piece of spaghetti hanging down but, <laughs> right but the more i read this the more it sounds like what you would see if you looked in the sky was like a big letter u like a capital letter u and like the line would have one starting point and kind of loop down and then it would go back up into the sky at another point, you know. Um, and it sounds like there were multiple of them and they just hung there for weeks on end. And eventually when it came down, it was massive amounts of stuff. <laughs> yeah, and it kind of strikes me a little bit more along the lines of um, like fishing line. Yeah, totally. Totally plastic. You know, very, very thin plastic even fishing line you know when the light is just right will almost look a little silvery right um or at least um shiny and it, it just it, it begs the question what what is it attached to if anything you know it's that, just chilling yeah, out there in the sky you know that's really weird now i'm assuming because like didn't one of them say that it had been hanging for like a month mm -hmm. it couldn't have been cloudy for a month right it there had to have been some clear skies so just go up into the clear skies and just just, yeah, I think it basically just... I don't even know what to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm presumably, like, once it got to a certain altitude on a clear day, it would, it would's probably so thin that you just would, like, lose track of looking at it. Do you know what I mean? Right, but naturally, but then that also implies that, you know, whatever it's attached to is either A, invisible. Right. Um, B, I don't know, phase shifted against our reality. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. um, paging the ultra terrestrials uh, or 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 be really 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 high up mm -hmm. um i am so confused now just for just for s's and g's yeah i threw uh west caldwell mm. into the cipher okay um get this value of 111 oh hmm um but one of the things that jumped out at me is i drooped down what 
Yep, Shut the up. string. The strings they droop. Holy cats. Although they're described as being taut, um, but eventually drooping. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a fun one. Um, yeah. So I kind of, as you were telling the story, I kind of started coming up with kind of a wacky theory. What do you got? Hit me with it. As to, as to what this could be. Do you remember Mel's hole? That was the Art Bell's thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Let's. Um, yeah. Remind me though. Um, so basically, at one point, and I'm. I'm sure we'll do an episode on Mel's Hole someday because it's such a great story. Mm. Um, this guy calls in to Art Bell, says, hey, I've got this hole on my property, mm. and I think it's basically a bottomless pit. Mm. Um, I keep, like, putting, like, you know, weighted fishing line down in there, and it just keeps going and going and going and going and going. Wow. Um, and and it gets weirder. There's There's... There's some like uh, strange, weird, creepy resurrection-y type stuff associated mm. with it, um, and I, I mean I won't go into the whole story right now. But my thought being, I think at one point um, Mel describes having sent like something crazy, some huge number, like eighty thousand feet worth of fishing line. Oh wow! Into this hole, and and not presumably hitting bottom mm. um what if mel's hole is actually a portal oh above west caldwell right in jersey yeah a, por- a portal in time and space yes yes obviously because all this you know seemingly fishing line looking stuff yeah that these people are gathering up in new jersey yeah seemingly just hanging out of the sky Maybe it is coming from, you know, this Washington State piece of property with this weird hole on it. Presumably, based on your theory, if if the gentleman had jumped down the hole himself, he presumably would have been traveled back in time maybe like 30 years and, and also all the way across the continent to New Jersey, basically. Well, yes, and hopefully wouldn't have fallen all the way out of the sky and gone cursed black. That's true. Um, but... There's obviously other stuff that has been tossed into this hole, including like refrigerators and dead cats and oh, stuff. And geez. we don't hear no. about that uh, in New Jersey. So it's like I said, it's not a, it's not a perfect theory by any means. Well, um, it's 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 the kind of thing where it's like I wish like privately owned drone technology existed back then because this is the perfect case yeah. to have a drone. Basically, it's exactly. Like, it's like okay, let's just fly up there as high as we can go and follow this line and see what's at the end of it. You know, exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's a weird one. It's a really and it's it's. Um, I was surprised that I hadn't heard more about this story growing up. Do you know what I mean? No. Yeah. Exactly. This is this is kind of reminds me of a slightly more modern version of like the 19th century airships you mm. know where where they they'll have like a rope you know like a like a guideline or an anchor line mm. you know hanging down um and this is obviously just a more modern material but obviously no ship mm-hmm. no air no no obvious airship attached to it yeah right fascinating well yeah I mean, yeah, you know, if, uh, if any of our listeners know any, any more details about the story, please reach out to us, because I'd love to learn more. Um, yeah, that's that's an interesting one, definitely, and, and a little bit more outside the realm of, you know, kind of what we touch on. So this is, it's great. I love it. It's hard to categorize. Um, yeah, it's not very cryptid, much so. necessarily. It's, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
No, it's definitely high strangeness. Well, hey, speaking of high strangeness, what do you have for us tonight? Oh boy, here we go. Yeah, my story. This is this is one that I've wanted to come back around to for a while, ever since we did our Sam the Sound Sandown Clown mm. episode, because that issue of the British UFO Research Association's newsletter, mm. the Before Our Journal, um, also had a um, a story in it that seemed almost too crazy to believe <laughs> right um and while we love sam greatly the different story in this issue you could find on page 20 of the pdf right link in the show notes um or if you actually have a copy of it it's actually on page 18 so mm. i don't know why there's a paging discrepancy in the pdf anyway um but it, there on that page lies the innocuous title tom dawson's experience mm. It was Saturday, August 6th, 1977. Really should have done the story last month for August. It would have been perfect. <laughs> I've got terrible timing. 63-year-old Tom Dawson, who is a retired used car salesman living in a trailer park in Pelham, Georgia, with his wife and seven-year-old daughter, was out walking his dogs at about 10.30 a.m. After visiting his neighbors, Jimmy and Linda Colby, uh, K-O-L-B-I-E, not Colby like uh, the cheese, mm. He and his dogs headed toward a nearby fishing pond. And to get there, he had to cross a cow pasture. Um, now, I take the bulk of this description uh, from the newsletter itself, from the Bufora Journal. Um, there is another actually really good resource mm. um, that I came across. And I'll put the link to that in the show notes. It actually kind of like collates a few different uh, accounts. Mm. There's a little bit of variation between each of them. So I've kind of cobbled together, I guess, just maybe kind of a, a slightly more streamlined version okay. of things just to preface things a little bit. Um, so Tom reported that just after crossing the gate to the pasture, a flying saucer flashed from between the trees to hover a meter off the ground in front of him. Mm. Okay, so it's the, the, the type of trees that he describes being around there. They're pines. Um, there are pines in Georgia. Um, and he said the craft uh, was about 40 to 50 feet in diameter, about 12 to 14 feet uh, top, uh, you know, tall, sorry, um, and some other versions kind of put it at more a, a 30 foot diameter. So we've okay. got 30 to 50 here. We've got some range. Mm. Um, it had a dome at the top and a row of portholes around it. Mm. It didn't make any noise and it changed colors quickly. Mm. Okay. So kind of a very kind of classic saucer, you know, dome portholes kind of thing. Mm -hmm. As soon as the craft was there, Dawson was paralyzed. Not like from fear, he literally couldn't move. Oh. He noticed that his dogs and even the cows in the pasture were frozen in place. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, at that point, again, differing tales, some say five, some, t some say seven, but let's say at least five. Um, <coughs> alien. Uh, disembark. There were three males and two females. Okay. They had pale skin, hmm. um, white like snow or white like sacks of flour mm. right so picture that like like all-purpose flour that is this pale 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 white okay get this pointed ears okay pointed noses turned upward mm. and no neck Ooh. oddly a little bit like sam in that sense sam didn't really have much of a neck mm. um one of the men and one of the women were Brace yourselves, kids. Completely naked. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. 
Seb is suddenly more excited than the story than I was planning on. Um, <laughs> having completely hairless bodies. Okay. Uh, yes, apparently Nair is a big thing on this planet. Um, the three other beings had beautiful two-piece tight-fitted suits made of a gleaming material with changing with a changing bluish-green hue. Hmm. Uh, the two sexes being dressed the same. Okay. And they had silky shoes with toes directed upward. Hmm. Okay. Now, I'm going to pause here real quick and just make my own observation on this. Okay. Um, these sound like really elven-looking aliens. Right, yeah. Okay, okay. Pixie-ish. All, yes, pixie-ish. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say at this point. I will come back around to this idea in a minute. Okay. Um, the first to come out, whom Dawson supposed was the chief, uh, took a step downward with precaution as if checking the firmness of the ground. Hmm. Then he beckoned the others to follow him. They followed, two of the men taking sentinel positions at the entry of the spaceship. The others then went outside and approached Dawson cautiously. Hmm. Without saying a word, the chief of the strange men placed a sort of skullcap-like device on Dawson's head. This device had several circular dials and lights and wires connected to a device similar to a hula hoop Hmm. with a dial. Now, brace yourselves again, kids. They made his pants fall. And lifted his shirt for the examination. I know, I know. Look, you know, sometimes you're out in a field and you just go like, you know what? Pants are so overrated. Um, Passing the hoop above his body and around his waist, attaching small devices like suction cups of a luminous orange color on various parts of his body. We will leave that to your imagination. Touching and poking him and reading the dials. Whoa. Yeah. Toward the end of this examination, which is, frankly, a rather hilarious-sounding examination, a loud human voice came from inside the saucer, shouting three or four times, I am Jimmy Hoffa! I am Jimmy Hoffa! A fourth repetition was interrupted as if somebody had muted the shouting with a hand, and the voice was not heard anymore. Yikes. Now, for reference, because I know not everybody may be of an age where they know who Jimmy Hoffa is. Uh, Jimmy Hoffa disappeared from suburban Detroit on July 30th, 1975, and is believed to have been murdered by the mafia. Now, some tales say he was buried under the end zone at the New York Giants Stadium, and others says he ended up in a barrel in a Jersey landfill. Um, We know that he didn't end up over West Caldwell, yes, New Jersey, speaking right. of New Jersey, um, could he actually have been taken by aliens? So just to just to just to clarify, so he disappears in 75 and then the yes. story you're talking about tonight is from 77. So it's a couple years. Correct. After the disappearance. It's, it's like two years and a week. OK, gotcha. Yeah. OK, so with the examination finished, the euphonauts moved approximately 10 feet away, close together, like conferring secretly. They spoke with high-pitched and shrieking voices. Mm. Dawson didn't understand their unintelligible language, but thinks that he recognized that one of them said the word Jupiter. Okay. Okay. Um, I can just imagine all this screeching and trilling and then suddenly Jupiter screeching and trilling some more. Uh, He noticed that two of the men watched him occasionally and suspected that they talked about him, right? You know, you got the group over in the corner. They're like, whisper, 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 look over, whisper, 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 look over, Uh whisper, whisper. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That they were perhaps discussing whether they should take him, but they didn't. Nope. And Dawson speculated that if he had been a younger man, they would have perhaps abducted him. 
All the while, his pants are down around his ankles. Just to clarify, right? I yeah. Okay. I All mean, right. yeah. I okay. mean, the, it did say the examination was finished. Oh, okay. So I'm, All right. I'm uh, I'm not. Maybe his pants are back up his now. Pants his are shirt back is up. down. Right, uh, right. The chief then passed his palm through his chest as if to make a goodbye sign. Oh. They gathered quote unquote leaves and stuff, <laughs> and half jumped, half floated into the trap door of the saucer. Whoa closed it and took off Yikes. Dawson saw the saucer going up slowly to about 25 meters so like 75 feet or so um, and fly away in the blink of an eye and then realized that he wasn't paralyzed anymore mm. neither were his dogs nor the cattle anymore now oh no we actually do know what happens to his pants oh, hold on just a second here we here go, go. I, my thought hold was on to that, your pants folks literally um, my, my thought was like oh yeah we're not going to take him but um yeah, let's just grab some crap off the ground. Yeah, yeah. That we, yeah, we came for this too. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Mr. Dawson. Sorry yeah. to bother. you have a great day, sir? Yeah. Um, yeah, when that happened, mm-hmm. right, and he's able to move again, Dawson was free to move, so were the animals pulling up his pants. Ah, okay. He ran as quickly as his legs could carry him to the Colby residence, where Linda Colby was out working in the lawn. He was in bad shape, the women told a reporter for the Pelham Journal. I saw him coming. He was running at top speed and waving his arms, trying to get his breath. He couldn't even speak. Mrs. Colby had to sit him down and wipe his face with a wet rag. Mm. I mean, it's August in in Georgia. It's got to be hot and humid. Mm. You know, so it's, yeah. He was, she said, wild-eyed and extremely frightened. She asked him if he'd seen a big snake. He shook his head and managed to get out the word spaceship. Mm. I don't know why I make him sound like that, but I do. He's 63. Mm -hmm. 63 in 1977. He was born in, what was that, 1914. Uh, Mrs. Colby rushed him to the hospital where a doctor treated him for hysteria. Mm. Attendants checked to see if he was on drugs, medication, or alcohol, but he wasn't. However, they could see that something had really shaken him up. Later, when a reporter interviewed him, he still had not completely recovered. He continued to insist, I know what happened, and there is no doubt in my mind that it happened just as I told you. Wow. Now, the Colbys said they knew Dawson quite well and described him as hardworking, nice, and a gentle man who adores his daughter. Not an alcoholic, a storyteller, or an individual with a particularly vivid imagination. Way to subtly throw some shade on him. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, he's a nice guy, and he doesn't really have a very vivid imagination. Like, dang, dude. Anyway. Tom Dawson and Linda Colby reported that a small group of ufologists visited and examined the place, mm. saying they were MUFOC members, mm. which Midwest UFO, I don't know, Congress? Mm. I don't know. I'm not actually sure what MUFOC stands for. Uh, one of them said that he was from Mason County in Georgia. Okay. Uh, maybe it's the Mason UFO. I don't know. Anyway. They took ground samples and made radiation measurements. To Colby, to Linda, they weren't looking like natives of Georgia, and as she stated that they had been, sorry, that they had the olive-covered skin and a foreign glance. Mm. That is, that is very convoluted language to say they look a little bit like some descriptions of the men in black. Sure. Now, I don't know about you, but because there are so many kind of accounts, I feel especially at the end of this here, there there might be some other author's influences. This is why whenever we look at stories like this, hmm. I always want more than anything is to get to as close to source material as possible. Right. 
like I want to see that article from the Pelham from the Pelham Journal. Mm -hmm. um, and I reached out to you and I said, dude, any chance you could help me find? And you put out some feelers and you did some some reaching out um, and unfortunately didn't have anything at the time of recording. I failed you miserably. You did not fail me miserably. Oh. You you are you are better suited to some of this research than I am. Um, so if for some reason, and I'll put this out here, if for some reason we actually hear back uh, from one of these Georgia newspapers mm. um, or one of these libraries that has, you know, uh, 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 microfiche newspapers or whatever, we'll certainly revisit the story. Uh -huh. um, now, it is worth noting that my cats are kind of tearing through the room right now. So if you hear them in the background, <laughs> that's my cats. Um, this tale actually appears in the Weird Georgia book. Do you remember that mm. series of like mm -hmm. Weird New Jersey, Weird yeah. California? I've got Weird California. Oh, cool. Um, so the Weird Georgia book apparently covers this uh, tale. Now, I'll, I, I'll, I do the research I can do. I'm always <laughs> looking for touchstones of like, okay, is Pelham, Georgia a real place? Are there people with these names who lived in those places and stuff? So sure. searching Tom Dawson in Pelham, Georgia, it pretty much just brings up various accounts of this case. Okay. So it occurs to me to search Linda Colby in mm. Pelham, Georgia, and that gets some really interesting results. Hmm. Um, now, in the interests of privacy... Because it does appear as though uh, Linda and James Colby are still alive in their 70s. Oh, wow. Um, and still on this property. I'm not going to give away the address. Okay. Um, because I, you know, I don't want anybody going and just like barging up there and being like, hey, tell me about this Tom Dawson guy. Yeah. Right? Uh, that's just rude. Now, don't get me wrong. I was very tempted to write a letter and be like, hey, I'm doing research for this, that, and the other thing. Hmm. Uh, but I have not yet. Um, so yeah, the Colby's who both appear to still be alive and in their seventies, which would have made them in their early twenties, mm. uh, at the time of this incident, um, are living on this selfsame property in Pelham, Georgia. When I first brought this address up in Google maps, mm. um, did not have the satellite layer turned on. So you just kind of see like the outline of like roads mm. and stuff. And I, saw over in one corner of the map kind of like this like you know el elongated loop and so i'm like what is this you know mm. i turn on the satellite layer and here's this you know smattering of buildings and i'm like okay wait it's you know it's 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 a little ways from the house it's it's walking distance though so i zoom in and damned if it's not a trailer park really yes oh wow um it's it's not much of a trailer park but it is very clearly a trailer park Okay. Um, so I was able to locate the Colby house. I was able to locate the trailer park that Tom Dawson allegedly lived in with his family. Mm. Um, and looking at the land there, um, there is a very strong candidate for the fishing pond that Tom Dawson went to check out when this saucer appeared. Mm. Um, so that, at least for me, in terms of like trying to determine if there is you know any legitimacy whatsoever right to this it goes okay this is a real place these these places that were named were definitely mm -hmm. real mm -hmm. these people 
were real. Um, and and then even more interesting to me, the nearest large highway to mm-hmm. this location, yeah, highway Highway ninety three. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's our ninety three. Yeah. Um, now let's let's talk about our all-purpose flower white, pointy-eared, pointy-nosed, pointy-shoed, slightly nudist aliens. Yeah. I'm, I don't think this was aliens. Okay. I don't think this was aliens. And, and, and I admit there's only one account that describes the saucer as coming out from the trees. Mm. But looking at the fact that he literally crosses a gate, as soon as he crosses this threshold mm. into this pasture, this ship appears everything's frozen and these very almost fairy looking aliens come out of this craft i think this is a fey encounter interesting interesting i i think this is absolutely a fairy encounter with the what veneer Mm. of ufos okay right i think this is how it's interacting with his mind and all that um so yeah, from from how they look, the pointed ears, the pointed nose, the the pointed shoes. Yeah, like I don't I don't I don't feel like I run across a lot of UFO contactee stories. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, pointed ears, yes, we get that Hopkinsville. Yeah, stuff like that, totally. Um, but vividly pale. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, Sam, Sandown clown was yeah. very pale white. Now, granted, also many other colors. Because he was Sam of all colors. Um, but this just really kind of hits. Like he's encroaching on this kind of like, I don't know, fairy territory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're like, we need to check this guy out. Now, okay. does this also technically possibly imply that Jimmy Hoffa was abducted by fairy? Ooh. I'm going to say yes. Yes, it does. Wow. Yep. Gotta love it when it gets to that. Right? <laughs> <clears throat> now... Just for fun, mm-hmm. I decided because we haven't done this in a while. I haven't thrown no, a yeah. bunch of terms into the cipher, right? Um, so Tom Dawson comes out to eighty-eight, okay, uh, and that gives us blessed. It gives us uh, circle, right? We've got our round UFO. We talk mm-hmm. about fairy mm-hmm. circles and stuff. Um, we get stuff like hear me invoke. Mm. Uh, we get master peril pity. We also get play all fools. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, we get Will Hyde. Um, Linda Colby uh, comes out to 132, uh, which gives us I am eight. Hey. Uh, we last saw I am eight uh, when we were talking about Jack of Spades, I think during our Hellier uh, episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also get is secret. We also get secret word mm-hmm. and we get sufferer. Hmm. Um, so we throw Pelham in. Pelham is 79. Uh, we get and signs. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, we get heaven. Mm. Pel- Pelham is heaven, apparently. Um, it's also higher, homeward. Now get this. Pelham equals 79 equals ritual. Yeah. Also equals working. Now that's interesting. But like those two magical, together. Yeah. Yes, precisely. Mm-hmm. Precisely. Yeah. So we figured, why not? Let's throw, let's throw Georgia in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, fever, flaming, kissing, love me. Hmm. Nowhere. Sorry, Georgia. You're literally nowhere. Yikes. Yeah. Um, paper, mm. uh, peace, uh, like peace, man. <coughs> uh, suddenly, uh, there, three, unlike, 
So, not a bunch, but a couple of interesting ones. Now, let's let's put them together. Pelham, Georgia is 169. Mm. Um, and we get strange stuff like all tongues, but we get among the king. We get dare not fight, fall before you, uh, homeward there. Um, now, get this. Yeah. Naked Splendor. That's the one that jumps out to me. Yeah. Right? Of all of this whole list. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we also get shall not turn back, the best blood. Uh, we get the blind ones. But we also get the Pall of Death. Mm-hmm. We get the Peoples, which is interesting. Um, we also get the Appear. Okay. All right. So the with two E's. Um, and then Pelham George equals one sixty nine equals words are skew wise. Huh. It's kind of a weird one. Yeah. So, again. I'm not going to mention the name of the road, but the name of the road, um, along with the word road, comes out to 97. Okay. Um, and there we get company. We get grief. Mm. Uh, we get he shall learn. Uh, we also get the word nothing. Okay. So we have nowhere and nothing in this, which is kind of interesting. Um, 97 also gives us now a curse, mm. um, but it also gives us shall not harm. It also gives us show thee. Right, because the aliens mm-hmm. or the the fairies perhaps have shown themselves to Tom Dawson. Um, it also gives us the word sphere. Oh wow! We have circles and spheres. Now, just for fun, I did. I am Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> I am Jimmy Hoffa equals one eighty nine, and we get a feast for fire. Oh, we get all my meetings. Mm-hmm. We get as upon the earth. We get. Get this. I will hide thee. Ooh, that's a good one. The fairies are hiding Jimmy Hoffa from the mafia. This this is a fantasy novel that is waiting to happen. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god. I am not a fantasy writer, and I am not much of a fantasy reader, but I might have to try writing this. <laughs> How the fairies came and saved Jimmy Hoffa from the mafia. Jeez. Oh my god. Anyway, um, let's see. I am Jimmy Hoffa equals 189 equals one perfect. It also equals power in heaven. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah. Um, it gives us the moon monthly, mm. which would be a great newsletter name. Um, it gives us their misery, and it also gives us your enemies. Wow. I am Jimmy Hoffa equals your enemy. Well, it's interesting because power in heaven, earlier we saw that Pelham equals heaven. Heaven, yes. So it's like a power in Pelham. You know, and he was yes. a powerful dude, you know? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No, that's a good, that's a good observation. So just Jimmy Hoffa by himself, 144, all questions. Ain't that the truth? Because mm. what happened to him? It's mm-hmm. all questions. Yeah. Um, another king. Look mm-hmm. at how powerful he was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I am divided, very possibly, if the mob got to him. Um, of the earth, mm-hmm. also very possibly, if the mob got to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Hoffa equals 144 equals says be strong. Hmm. Well, yeah. Big old teamster leader like that? Absolutely. Seek after. What have we been doing since he disappeared? Yeah. Right? Jimmy Hoffa equals 144 equals the forest. Okay. Right? Where are fairies said to live? Yeah. The forest. Uh, we also get the outcast. We get the star lit. So star hyphen lit, like lit by the stars. Mm-hmm. We also get the trees, and we get Will. <clears throat> wow, I love I love how it comes. I love how Jimmy Hoffa comes out to another king, and right. tell him Georgia. It comes out to among the king. Oh, that's a good observation. Yeah, so it kind of links the two together. You know, I love this story for so many reasons. First of all, I mean, we're both you and I are this 
the sons of a lifelong teamster. Yes. So that's pretty cool. Um, it also makes me think like, okay, you're looking at the Faye angle. I'm wondering like, okay, if he did get abducted by aliens, think about it. Aliens go around and abduct people. That's hard work. Maybe maybe Jimmy's trying to unionize these folks. <laughs> there you, know you I mean? go. That's right. Um, but the other thing is, um, I really glommed on to the, the whole, some of the aliens or Faye or whoever, they were naked. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of reminded me, it rung a bell. I think last year we did our episode, um, the Woodrow Baderenberger Injured Cold uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, if, I, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but I seem to remember that the aliens on the planet Lanulos uh, were big into nudity too, if yes. I'm not mistaken. So there's, As I recall. There's... There's a nudity element there too, which is interesting. I thought, yeah, kind of a connection. Yeah, so. yeah no, that's a good point. I, I really, it's so, it's so tough to kind of like put a finger and say, no, I really think it is this side or the other thing. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I know that we've talked about, and that that you know, you know, researchers have talked about with respect to the phenomena, is that it will give you an experience, but at the same time, it will try to discredit itself. Right. Right. So that it it what it kind of stays hidden, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. So, you know, on one hand, maybe this is, you know, a genuine, uh, you know, alien contactee case. But you throw in the I am Jimmy Hoffa aspect Mm -hmm. and maybe it's the phenomena doing that little tweak to go. (laughs) Yeah. Try to explain this one. Yeah, exactly. You know, my identity is safe again. Yeah. So it strokes off into the night. Throw something in there that if you relate the whole story truthfully, you're going to come off sounding like a crazy person. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's just bonkers enough mm-hmm. to have people go, oh, pff, I mean, what do we talk about? Oh, yeah, it's Elvis. You know, mm-hmm. Elvis is hanging out with Bigfoot and JFK. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jimmy Hoffa is just like one tier below that when you talk about like, you know, oh, yeah, the aliens are off hanging out with so-and-so. Right, right. You know, so it, it, it really is, like I said, when, when I first saw this, when we were doing our Sam the Sandown Clown uh, uh, episode, I was like, dude, this is crazy. This is so weird. I'm like, I need to come back and talk about this at some point. I'm so glad you did. Yeah, it definitely deserved a deep dive for sure. Totally. And it is much weirder, but there's also enough in it where I can go, hey, mm-hmm. these were people. Mm-hmm. They were they were at this place. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if I looked at Google Maps and th- there was no sign of a fishing hole for miles, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, or if there was no trailer park, mm-hmm. you know, and we totally just lucked out that the Colby's just still be happened to live in the same place that's crazy that they did what 46 years ago now yeah yeah you know that's insane that's awesome like the chances of that are so cool mm-hmm. to just pull it all together mm-hmm. anyhow anyhow uh, you know what let's move on because it is time to descend mm. from the sky like a string mm. uh, because every month I was going to dig into the old timey newspaper archives to unearth a story of high strangeness how far are we going back this time Seb? well we're going to go to a land down under with this story do, 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 do. <laughs> exactly we're going to go check out the brisbane courier newspaper mm. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't, I don't know if we have any Australian listeners, but I used to work for Australian. It's Brisbane. Oh, pardon me, Brisbane, Brisbane. 
Brisbane. Brisbane. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Bris- it's the Brisbane Courier newspaper of June 24th, 1925. Nice little short newspaper article we got here with the title, Aerial Spiders? Question mark. The worst kind of spiders. Worst kind of spiders. Oh, jeez. Aerial spiders. No, thank oh. you. Uh, so it says, a recent visitor to the Northern Territory while sailing between Port Darwin Heads in a lugger, which I suppose is a type of sea craft, a lugger. I imagine so. Noticed long strings of spiders' webs hanging from the heavens. The spot where he encountered these was about two miles from the shore, and they could not, therefore, have had any communication with the land. The visitor states that the webs seemed to be tethered to something high in the sky out of sight. He is anxious to know if anyone can explain the phenomenon. So it's not really a newspaper article. It's pretty short. But um, it really just caught me because I was doing my whole topic tonight of these weird skylines. Yeah. And here's here's a here's a case that's sort of somewhat similar from uh, from Australia. And I, I think I looked up and I think uh, 1925, I think that was just a couple years before the invention of nylon. So. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So now that, honestly, I mean, one. I'd call it a blurb, not an article. Blurb, exactly. Just for blurb. fun, because it is it is short. It's like a paragraph. Yeah. Um, now, I know for a fact that down in Australia, there is a certain like type of spider that at a certain time of year, mm. like they will like multiply like crazy and they will like trees will be dripping Ugh. in these in these webs. Ugh. Like it's it is so huge and so extensive that i was like oh well it's just this guy discovering Mm. you know seeing these for the first time or something but the way that it describes it you are two miles out to sea Mm. Mm -hmm. and this is going up into the sky yeah um i have to think either some of these spider webs got loose and were drifting somewhere but i don't think that's the case based on how it's described um yeah it's kind of weird it's kind of weird it would be interesting to know if there are any like spiders or other insects that that you know create like webs that i mean i wonder if any of them um use the webs as a way to travel long distances through breezes in the air you know what i mean Oh, sure, 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 sure. Like, I don't know if that's even a phenomenon or like a, a thing in nature or not, but that's something that kind of struck my mind. But I don't know. It just it just got me thinking. It's like, here's some more of these crazy lines in the sky. You know what I mean? So Yeah, well, and like, what else would you do? You know, you're you're at a point in history that, that's pre-nylon. Right. Um, you know, pre-DuPont uh, plastics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? So... What what do you compare it to? You compare it to what you know, and it's like it's a spider web. Right, exactly. It, it looks like spider silk. That's all you can think to compare it to. Yeah. Um, could it have been the self same stuff that was over New Jersey? Sure, why not? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, he definitely didn't didn't seem to uh, get a sample of it. Maybe whatever it's tethered to, this invisible craft, it just travels around the world. You know, you never know. Yeah, yeah. crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Love it. Ah. Love it. Oh, man. September in a nutshell, man. That is it for us this month. <laughs> Thanks, for <you. laughs> Thanks for joining us on this adventure into the weirdness that surrounds us every day and maybe floating over us, dropping down mm. fishing lines to, I don't know, hook a line and sinker us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Yes, because I'm going to keep calling it Twitter at All Night Geeks. <laughs> you can follow me at BusBuddha71, and you can follow Seb at Clan McMuffin. 
I indeed. Hey, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, maybe one of those, you know, lines is going to come down and it's going to have headphones Mm -hmm. and you can put them on and listen to us. Uh, Be sure to write and review us as well. And please, just as importantly, share us with your friends, man. Word of mouth goes a long way to spread the love around. And we would appreciate it if you tell at least one friend about the podcast. We want to give huge thanks to the Ghoulies for letting us use Hot Rods from Outer Space from their album Midnight in America as our intro and outro music. Give them a follow over on the socials and hit up the ghouliesdenver.bandcamp.com to buy their music. Not only that, we've got merch, and honestly, we've got more coming. Uh, that's over at shop.spreadshirt.com slash N-O-T-L-G. That's right, shirts, buttons, stickers. Um, I don't know about all the rest of you guys, but it's not quite cool enough for sweatshirts just yet Mm. there are sweatshirts maybe plan ahead for fall uh go check that out thanks as always to kate the steam powered mouse for doing the show's artwork and if you want to throw us a few bones just to keep the lights on and uh the hosting going you can do so over at patreon.com slash n-o-t-l-g that is it for us this month we will catch you next month spooky october month Mm. and in the meantime get out and go find something weird good night good night folks The universe is a weirdo.